0: Welcome to another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip.
1: And I am transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. This show was created to put your skepticism of the unknown to rest and to make spiritual sense. Today on Go Beyond the Veil, we're excited to have James Kawaii Nui on our show. James is a native Hawaiian teacher, mentor, and healing practitioner
0: James Kauai Nui is a native Hawaiian healing practitioner, mentor, and teacher, with family roots going back over 20 generations in Hawaii. His lineage is the shaman of his culture, and he brings that ancient wisdom into the work he does with people. Over 20 years ago, his kapuna, or ancestors, spoke to him for the first time. This led him to understand the connection with his ancestors and become open to his healing abilities. James takes this ancient wisdom and adapts it to our modern times in order to share it with the world. Today, he works with people from across the globe to help them identify and clear their limiting beliefs and negative self-talk, access their wisdom, intuitive nature, and connection to God and source energy, and connect to their manna or life force energy all to experience deeper levels of peace, awareness, connection, clarity, and sense of well-being.
1: In Hawaiian, health is ola, meaning life. In old Hawaii, the native Hawaiians relied heavily on the aina, the land, and their akua, gods, for their traditional healing practices. They used a combination of spiritual and natural treatments to cure illnesses, as they believed that the body, mind, and spirit were one. Therefore, you cannot treat the body without treating the mind. Hawaiian philosophy believes that we suffer when the mind feels separated from the divine. Ancient Hawaiian medicine also had innovative medical professions, healing medicines, and treatments. They're all still practiced and taught today. So stay tuned as we discuss more about Hawaiian healing, how it works, and its benefits.
2: A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at roryreich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H dot com.
3: Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial designed for your rugged skin. A deep cleansing clinical facial is like a 1 2 3 punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils, Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more, sakuraskinandmind.com, S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path,
0: Welcome back to this episode of Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter.
1: And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. Join us here on KKNW every second Wednesday of each month, and every second Sunday on KBKW, and also on Cape Town Zone Radio, as we try to put your skepticism to rest and make spiritual sense. Today, we have the pleasure of having James Kawaii Nui on our show. James is a native Hawaiian teacher, mentor, and healing practitioner.
0: Hello, James. Hey,
1: James.
4: Aloha.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: I know all this talk about Hawaii makes me really want to go.
1: Yeah, where are you calling from?
4: No, I'm, well, I wish I could say I was calling from Hawaii, but I'm not. So right now I live in Sedona. Oh, so wow, been, that's, yeah. in,
1: that's pretty nice as well.
4: It, it is nice as well. It's pretty mild here today, and it's sunny, and it's about 75, so no arguments there.
3: We're a little jealous.
1: (laughs) Uh, So how would you describe the work that you do for our listeners?
4: You know, Roy, that's a really good question because there's so many different um, levels of the work that I do. And I would say that first and foremost, it's looking at where people are in their lives and being able to identify through the however you want to look at the gift or or the way that I work. To be able to show people what they're missing. And I don't think I've ever said it that way. But there's a this place where people are missing. You know, when I get people that come and they said, I've tried all these other things and not, I haven't found relief. That's when I'm talking about pain. And then other people that say, I have material success and I have all these things in my life, but there's still an emptiness there. Mm. And so, you know, it's identifying what that emptiness is. And then there's another part of the work where we're looking at how not only our environment, in other words, the epigenetics of of what we do, but also how much we inherit. And that's a really big piece inside of us because we inherit not just physical features, but we also inherit behavior and patterns. And so, and those are unconscious, the way they explain it to people is that they, those run as part of your operating system, and you don't even know that they're part of your operating system. So it's multi-dimensional, you know. And then sometimes I'm and I've never said this on on the air before, but I do boogie busting. You know, <laughs> people come and there's things that happen and 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 um I guess people will call them entities or spirits, mm-hmm. or however you want to look at it. And for a lot of people in the world, those are kind of like Woo, you know woo woo stuff and but for in my world they're not because we have that connection and sometimes that veil between the worlds is so thin that um helping people do that so you know again we could talk about all the different things all day but it's just like multi i guess one way is to say it's multi-dimensional
0: Multi-dimensional, multi-level healing too.
4: Yeah.
0: So, how long have you been practicing, and how did you get into healing and helping people?
4: Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I've been practicing on and off for probably about twenty-five years now, a little over twenty-five years. And and in the beginning, it was I don't want to say it was just for fun, um, but when I started doing some of the work that I do now. I was actually a corporate executive in a multi 1000000000 dollar year company, which is really crazy. And people started showing up in my office and they, they kept saying, James, I hurt. And I had this way of moving my hand across their body and being able to find where their pain was and then doing something, which I didn't even know what I was doing at the time. And the pain would go away. Mm. And they would go, wow, that was amazing. And, I, and they would walk out of my, of my office and I'd be scratching my head going, what the what the F just happened?
1: <laughs> and,
4: and then people started coming in and sitting down and talking to me and telling me things about their lives that I really didn't want to know. And, and so I started listening to people and I guess I was counseling back then I was doing spiritual counseling 25 years ago and I didn't understand what that was. And then I had something happen to me in, in 2000 and I had my first um, color audience experience, I guess you could say. And um, that was I guess people would call it this way, it was my awakening. So first time I heard my kupuna, my Hawaiians call it your kupuna, which are your ancestors. Mm-hmm. I heard I heard my ancestors and had one of them actually walk up behind me. I didn't feel the walk, but I felt somebody tap me in the back of the head and a, and a voice said, it's time to go home. And I, and I walked into my boss's office and that very right next day and I quit my job and I moved back to Hawaii. Wow. And that was 22 years ago. And so it's, in the last 22 years, there's been this journey of understanding that my my family goes back over 20 generations in Hawaii, that we did this healing work for all those generations and and how that impacted me personally and what I was supposed to do with that and the responsibility of that, of, of sharing it with other people.
0: And what happened when you went back to Hawaii did you end up isolating yourself first? And
4: well, it, it, that's again, the, you know, I teach through stories, and so I'll, I'll tell you the quickest version of this story as I can. I went from living a, this lifestyle of this high-level corporate executive, you know, spending thousand dollars on dinners back in you know the early two thousands, and flying around in, in a Gulfstream. Um, with the other corporate executives. And I went to living, literally living in, in a tin roof shack that was 20 feet by 20 feet with no electricity and no running water for four and a half years. My mm-hmm. okay. gosh. I know. So it, was, so it was like from one extreme to the other, but it was the only way that I knew of at the time to let go of my old life so that my new life could come in. And and in the process of that, gave away, lost, and or, or just let go of all the money and everything that I had. So when I when I went to New Zealand in 2004, I literally had nothing to my name.
0: Mm, You stripped away everything.
4: Everything, you know, and I tell people that and the people that I work with now, I said that there's another way of doing that. You don't have to do that. But it was the way that only way that I knew because I didn't have the tools at the Mm -hmm. time to understand what was going on, you know, And part of the work that I do, I do with people now is sharing them just like the two of you, you share your tools, you share the understanding and the wisdom that you have with the people that come to you for help. Right. Yeah. And, and so what do we do? We just become the the best vessels for that information and we share as we can. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And when you had that tap on your shoulder, (laughs) did you know who that was coming from?
4: No, I just knew that it scared the piss out of me. Excuse my language. It did. It scared <laughs> it scared me so bad that I didn't understand, but it was it was so deep and it was so profound that it shook me to my core and I realized that I wasn't happy even though I was doing all these things and I had that lifestyle, right? I wasn't happy. I was actually miserable. You know, I was working 70 hours a week, 80. If I if I worked a 60-hour week, I was happy. Mm-hmm. That was like cost for celebration. And so I went and and I, it, I thought it was the job that I wanted, but it, it wasn't. And so in some ways, it was a, a welcome relief to walk away from everything.
0: Now, was it the kapuna that told you to go live in that tin hut?
4: Well, no, it was that was just more um, opportunistic because because when that happened, I was I was I tell this story different ways, but the truth of it is I was sitting in the backyard camping with my grandsons at the time. They were four and five years old and I was teaching them to sleep in the tent so I could take them camping and they had never been in the outdoors. So when that happened, I got up, I walked into the, into the house. This was before cell phones and, and everybody. And, <laughs> and I called my sister up and I said, who's living in the beach house? And my, my, sister, my brother-in-law's families had this house, this shack on the beach. For about three generations, and she said nobody's living in the beach house. I said that's where I want to be because you know all Hawaiians are connected to the ocean, and I just wanted to be there. And my I had this million dollar view from this shack, literally shack with no electricity and no running water, mm-hmm. but the ocean was eighty feet away. And so I went to sleep and woke up with the sound of the ocean and and the thirty the 30 roosters that lived next door to me with from the old Filipino man that lived next door to me. <laughs> but it, it was this life and it was I didn't realize it at the time, but what I was doing was unloading, I was dumping everything because I had to empty so that I could come into a different awareness.
3: Did
1: you start studying under someone? How did you start to develop your gifts?
4: That's a multi-level question again. It's <laughs> um, this, this like everything else, right? Sure. Um, at one point soon after I came home, people started showing up in my yard, like people that I didn't know. And they would show up in my yard and they would start talking to me. And they'd, they are just perfect strangers. And then they would start telling me things about me, like, oh, you're supposed to be doing this. You're going to be doing this work and everything else. And I would look at them all like, go away. I'm just going to go surfing. And I would grab my board and – and I live next to one of a really beautiful surf spot, so I would go surfing. And, and, but right down the road, um, th- three houses, four houses away, was an old Hawaiian woman that I grew up knowing because she used to come to our house when my grand, when I was I, when I was young, and and work on my grandmother. And and her name was Auntie Margaret Machado, and and Auntie Margaret was um, one of the first. People to teach Hawaiian lomi lomi to non-Hawaiians, and she had started that in the 70s. And so I went down there and I reintroduced myself to Auntie, and she was in her 80s by then, and she, you know, she was kind of old, and other people were running her school. But I enamored myself to them, and then I, I just kind of became part of her community. And so through that process, she, in some ways, you could say she was my first teacher.
0: Hmm.
4: And and then as my over the years. I've had the opportunity to sit with many older Hawaiians where I would walk into a room, they would see me, and they would just call me over to sit by them. And then I've had this experience so many different times where where elders would find me, they would see me, and they would point me out and maybe come sit next to them. Sometimes we never talked at all, but there was a sense, and the Hawaiians understand this, we pass wisdom through what the Hawaiians call the ha, the breath. Mm. And so, so wisdom passes from generation to generation that way, and that was that's what was happening for me, was was that transference, I guess, of information.
0: And how long again were you a corporate executive?
4: I worked for that company for seventeen years.
0: Now, do you think if you had gone to Hawaii back sooner than that, you would have been ready?
4: You know, it's a that's an interesting question to ask because I think all. Things happen when they're supposed to happen because there is this natural flow to everything. Would I have had the same teaching and the same information? Would I have fallen into the same place and started doing what I'm doing? I don't know. I can't answer that question. I just know that there's places where things happen in our lives. And even though it looks like a bad thing in the moment, if we can look at it in a way that we realize that everything that happens to us is maybe not for a reason, but there's a lesson behind it. Mm -hmm. And if we can understand that lesson and I can look at it, even though in the moment it seems like a bad thing, that there's growth inside of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about spiritual growth, that's really what we're looking at.
0: And Rory and I can attest to that because we have gone through that ourselves.
4: (laughs) You know, how many times have you done that where, where, you know, we did this the other day. We were driving someplace, forgot something at home, went back home. You know, and I, in the past, I would have given myself a hard time because I forgot this thing at home, which cost me an hour. But the reality is that who knows what would have happened or what ha- was happening ahead of me on the road that I would have been a part of had I had I kept going. So absolutely. Anymore, you know, it's like, don't ask, look and see what you, where you are in that moment and then see how you move forward.
1: So I'd like to go back to the Kapuna and um, have you talk about what some of the teachings are.
4: I wrote. I, it's interesting because I wrote. I wrote three, three basic precepts. I think that I live my my life on, and and the first one is called Pono. So when people talk about whole Pono Pono, but Pono is in some ways about harmonious or righteous balance, right? And so living our life from a place of, of pono, people would say, oh, you're not pono in Hawaii. It would be kind of a slang, but finding as best as we can that balance in our life. And then, and then inside of that balance, there's a piece about our personal integrity, right? And, and it's understanding that. I, I remember one of the teachers that I had. Um, when I and when I lived in New Zealand, I know this, sounds, this may sound crazy to a lot of people, but the, one of the teachers that I had was actually a man. His name was Papa Joe, and he was actually on the other side. He would already crossed over before I met him. And one day, a woman that was in my healing group said, Papa wants to talk to you, and I knew who she was talking about, and I knew enough to know that she was a really good medium and that she was talking to him, and so I would show up at her table and he started telling me about what I was thinking. Hmm. And that really unnerved me because he would say, you were doing this and then you were going to do this, but you thought you did this anyway. I want to know why you did that. And what I learned, the biggest lesson I learned from that is that our, our team, our ancestors, our Kupuna, they're always watching and paying attention. And so when we start living that pono life, we start living through that understanding of that harmonious balance and the realization that even though somebody didn't see me doing that, there's a, there's a knowledge that that happened, good or bad, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah.
4: And, and then there's this other place um, that the Hawaiians talk about. It's called, it's called ha'aha. And ha'aha means living with in humility or living with humbleness. Right. So that place of not being arrogant, being strong inside of yourself and understanding who you are, but not from a place of arrogance. Right. And then there's this understanding of what we call Lokahi and Lokahi is unity. And, and unity means that we're all connected. Unity means that we that we work for the good of everyone as much as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, there's more you know but i would say that those are the three concepts that i use in in my daily life my daily practice those
0: are beautiful it seems like they go hand in hand also with surfing right having that balance that humility and that unity with the ocean
4: and the unity unity in everything because that yeah. was the one thing i think for modern for modern humans modern life that the thing that we've disconnected from is nature mm-hmm And we we think that we're separate from it but the reality is that we're 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 a part of it
0: yeah right and and
4: and to survive in an island chain isolated from the world for over a thousand years we had to have an understanding of our environment and how to live inside of it
0: for sure well with that we're going to take another break Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? No problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind, learn more at asteracare.com That's ESTHERA care.com.
5: Protection. Call 206 730 7429 or go to sakura skin and mind.com. If you are struggling in your marriage, just starting out in a new relationship, or are single and looking to do better next time, Geez, if I got great news for you. Hi,
1: we're Tom and Stacy Bartley. We are the hosts of Love Shack Live, which airs on KKNW 1150 AM every Thursday at 1 PM PST.
3: Yeah, come on over and join us. We'd
5: love to connect with you over there.
1: You betcha. We'll see you soon.
5: Peach Buzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits, leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast and affordable. What a concept. Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A,
0: skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back for another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter.
1: And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. Don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook as well as Instagram, and check out our podcast on SoundCloud. Today, we have the pleasure of having James Kauai Nui on our show. James is a native Hawaiian teacher, mentor, and healing practitioner. Uh, Okay, James, um, I'm curious when you talk about kapuna, what types of, how are you communicating with them?
4: Awesome question. Because people talk about hearing, seeing all the time. and, And I think that one of the things that we have to do is get away from the five physical senses. Mm. That would that'd be one of the first ways that I would talk about that. And, and my kapuna talked to me in different ways. It's not as though I hear a voice, you know, that, that it's not a clear audience experience. You know, they don't show up and I feel I sense their presence, but I don't see them like some people see spirits. You know, that's not that's not where I am. The way that the, my kapuna are really fun. And I love them because they learn how to we learn how to communicate together. They they use what they, I understand or what makes sense in my world. So the way that Mike Puna talked to me or or bring send me messages, let's just put it that way. Sometimes they'll just give me a word. Like so I'll be sitting with somebody and, a, and just one word comes up. And and inside of that word is a meaning, or and, and I'll talk for an hour about where that word takes us, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes um, I love it when they do this because they show me movies, like they show me scenes from movies and whatever that scene is in that movie is the meaning behind something that I'm working with with someone. Right. Mm -hmm. And or sometimes I get um, and this is the other way that I really love when they do this. I get lyrics from songs like Mm -hmm. obscure songs that just lyrics come in and there might be a line or three words inside this inside this one line right or it's (laughs) lyric and that's the and that's the information they've learned that that's how i connect right Mm -hmm. and we all have that ability is just learning how i guess one of the things it would be is learning how to listen I, I think I said this earlier this morning. I was talking with a client, and I said this. I said everybody talks to God, but when God when God actually talks back to them, right? One is, you haven't shut up long enough so that you can hear what they have to say, <laughs> and two, a lot of times you don't like what they're telling you, <laughs> so you're not going to pay attention to them anyway, right? Right? Mm-hmm. And I've watched that happen over and over again. So, so you know, when I first started doing this work my friend my 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 mate in new zealand he said i used to tell him wow man you are so amazing how do you do that and he says well you think i'm gonna i'm getting a full length video version of this of whatever this is he said no it sometimes it's just a photograph and and it's the image because in that realm past printed or the future all exist all at the same time so so you get a piece of it because I'm in this realm and that's the way I operate. Hmm. Got it. Thank you. I love
0: that. So we have a caller on the line. Let's go ahead and take Renee from Seattle. Renee, are you there? I'm here. Hi. Hi, Hi, Renee. Renee. Hi. Do you have a particular question for James? Well, I'm working with some physical structural
5: pain right now, and I'm just calling to see if he can receive a message.
0: All
4: right. Tell me a little bit about what's going on. Just just, as quick as you can, Renee. Okay.
5: Okay. I have had for four years right leg pain coming from a disc in the back and scoliosis.
4: Yeah, it's interesting because when I look, I don't see it in your lower back. It feels like it's up inside between your shoulder blades. Is that true?
5: Um, I do have discomfort there too, yeah. That, that, the scoliosis affects my right shoulder.
4: So I'm going to ask you something that may sound really crazy. Who from your past do you not talk to anymore? Because it feels like you're carrying some kind of personal wound from an huh. old relationship.
5: That could be a lot of people because <laughs> it was a lot when, we, when I was a child. So it could be, okay. yeah
4: because because the, because the energy that I feel like is coming is actually coming from the area of your body if you were to look at it would be right in your heart chakra. okay and and so when I, when I talk about that I mean, that's why I asked about that old old pain because I'm going to ask you another question.
5: Okay.
4: Does it feel like you've been stabbed in the back before?
5: Dabbed in the back.
4: In other words, in other words, getting sideswiped by somebody saying something or doing something that you didn't expect coming?
5: Um maybe when I was younger, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, because we're not talking about anything that's now. Yeah, yeah. We're actually talking about things that are like years ago.
5: Sure, that's probably yeah, that makes sense.
4: Do you ever go back and clear that with that person? Um and and I'm and I'm saying all of this, and I feel energy in your in your in your solar plexus. In other words, like you're not getting sick to your stomach, but yeah, kind of yeah.
5: Um, you know, one the one person I'm thinking of has passed; he's gone. So, but I I communicate just, to him still.
4: So. You good? And and I would say don't stop. And yeah. I would say to because at this point. You're the only one that's holding on to that because yep. he's not anymore. Mm-hmm. So that this is a place. This is a place for you to see if you can go inside and create some kind of ceremony or something to give you, give yourself permission to let that go, because it's, in some ways that it's, that energy is holding you back still.
5: Okay. Well, that that
0: I will work on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
5: Perfect. Thank you. Thank, Thanks for calling.
0: calling. Thank you so much. All right. So James, can you address mana? Am I saying it right? Mana and aloha and ho oponopono.
4: Mana basically is life force energy. Think about it as prana and chi. So if we're talking about mana, we're talking about that life force energy. And and everybody has mana. And everybody has the ability to, to strengthen your life force energy. So, so one of the ways that I talk to people about mana, about life force energy is through ha, through the breath. And so just like if you're doing qigong or you're doing any of the any of the eastern um, practices, it's that idea of building, holding qi, right? In qigong, that's what you do. You have your qi ball, right? Your qigong yeah. teacher says hold your qi ball. It's the same thing. It's really the same thing. So it's that mana is is connecting to that life force energy in your body. And as you learn how to connect to that life force energy, then you can start to actually move it to different places to affect healing within your own body, inside and outside of you. That's the quickest explanation I can give you from Lana. yeah. (laughs) And aloha? (laughs) Aloha would be a longer conversation, but aloha is really a way of life. So when we talk about aloha, we're talking about a way of life because we're talking about Living in community, we're talking about living in in again lokahi and Haha, which is which is what we have already discussed, and and ahanui, which is right right relationship. So the whole idea of of aloha is is this idea that we're all connected, the idea that it's not just love and hello and goodbye, which is you know what we all understand it as, but it really is about a way of life. It's a way that I, I show up for myself, the way I show up for the world, the way that I share, and, and the way that I allow the world to support me.
0: Okay. And then what about Ho'oponopono?
4: Ho'oponopono, I think, is um, a misrepre- misrepresented idea that's that's been boiled down to the basic precepts of uh, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And, and that's what it's turned into. But the idea of whole ponopona in its true essence is about conflict resolution. And it's not about resolving conflict outside of you. It's about resolving conflict inside of you. Hmm. So when I'm pono, when I'm in the right place inside of me, my life is that way too, because I can't live any other way. That's beautiful.
1: So you touched on uh, generational programming a little bit earlier. Can you explain uh, what that is a little bit more and how we can overcome it?
4: Overcoming it can be the challenge, but the, I think the challenge more is is recognizing that that's happening, and and to understand that you kind of have to go back to science and and the understanding of how trauma affects the body, but also how vibrational frequency affects the the atomic structure of a a being so when we're talking about generational programming we're talking about traumatic events that have happened in past generations inside of our family that literally in the moment of whatever that situation or that trauma is change the genetic structure in some way down in the in the dna level and it and it permanently alters that genetic structure and then guess what that genetic structure gets passed from generation to generation. So when we look at that, and and those traumas, those behaviors, those those events that have happened in your family's history, have buried, I mean, if we had time, I could tell you stories (laughs) about things that have happened in that way. But see, for me, there's also this other understanding. And that is that we have three levels of memory that we carry in our bodies. We carry memory of everything that's happened to us in this lifetime. We carry memory of what we've inherited from our from our ancestors. and then we have soul level memory. It's memory that the soul brings in from lifetime to lifetime that it recreates over and over and over. And I've watched that I've watched all three of those happen over and over again. I remember the first time I, w- I watched soul memory show up. In somebody's life. The memory that we were clearing in that moment went back almost 700 years to a lifetime that that soul had had before that. And, and again, yeah, we don't have time for stories it, like that today. Is it, but
0: No, right? Is it important to know which memory it's coming from in order to clear it?
4: Not always. Sometimes, it's in, sometimes it is important to know because knowing helps somebody. Some people need to know things before they can let it go. It's like your logical mind needs this thing to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And once the logical mind understands it, then it can go, oh, got it. I can let go of it. But a lot of times it's, it's the recognizing of the pattern or the behavior and the choice to, to either shift it, alter it, or stop running that pattern. Right, And then the tools, because this is the part that's the hardest part, I think, is the tools to be able to consistently do that. Because, because one of the things about cellular memory is that it fires automatically, unconsciously, and you're not even aware that you're in the recreation. Think about people that have the same kind of really bad relationships or they think about the people that constantly get into accidents or whatever it is that recurs in their life. Mm-hmm. There's a pattern someplace inside there. And it's going back and looking to what that pattern is. And most of those patterns are developed before we're five years old.
0: Does the kapuna also rely upon the next generation to heal heal something in the family line?
4: That's a really good question. Mm. Nobody's ever asked me that before. So (laughs) I really appreciate that. I will say this. The suffering and pain of our ancestors is not ours to carry. That would be the way that I would answer that question. Even though it might replay over and over and over again in our lifetimes, it's not our responsibility to keep carrying that pain and that suffering. When we get to the place where we recognize that that's happening, when we get to the place where we understand that I don't need to do this anymore, that's when it changes.
0: I'm so glad he said that.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably also part of the reason our ancestors are trying to help us, right?
4: I'm going to tell you this story in as quick a time as I can, so I'm going to do this in, in, a, in a minute or less. I did a ceremony once that I was asked to do by my by my kapuna, and in the ceremony I met them. I was doing um, shamanic journeying at the time, and I met my kapuna in a cave. And I didn't understand who they were. And they came together and they and they parted ways. And there was a five-year-old boy standing in the middle of the cave. And in that moment, I realized it was my Kapuna Rami that were talking to me. And they, and they stood there and they said, we always wanted you to have our knowledge, but we never wanted you to carry our pain. And because that knowledge and that pain is so intermixed inside of us, it's sometimes it's really hard to separate the two. And what they were telling me was, "Give us back the pain. Give us back what happened to us and the things that happened to us in a generation. But connect to the wisdom that's there because it's there for you." Wow. And it was such a it was such a powerful message. Yeah. That, that that whole pro- and, and that actually happened um, in Oregon when I lived in Oregon because it was it happened on a beach down past Newport. You know, I was just driving and and. Anyway, like I said, it's a long story, but it's a beautiful story. Still near the water. Very very
0: powerful. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, very profound. Well, with that, we're going to take another break, but everyone stick around for more Go Beyond the Veil. A health
2: crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams don't let your health crisis define you take the next step and transform yourself today for a free life coaching consultation contact rory at roryreich.com
3: that's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. the passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space s-u-t-t-e-r.com.
0: Omne trium perfectum. Everything that comes in threes is perfect, or every set of three is complete. The rule of three is a principle recommended for successfully engaging with an audience.
5: So what better way to absorb information than from the power of three Coaches Sakura Sutter, Rory Reich, and Brenda
0: Reese on The Conscious Coaching Hour. This live show airs the fourth Wednesday of every month from 2 to 3 p.m.
5: These three intuitive coaches will reveal their own life experiences while bringing in their individual gifts to assist you. No matter where you are, the Conscious Coaching Hour will meet you there to help awaken your
0: intuition and to help you live your best life. Welcome back to another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter.
1: And I am transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. Today, we have the pleasure of having Native Hawaiian teacher, mentor, and healing practitioner, James Kauai Nui, on our show.
0: So, James, what is energy hygiene?
4: Uh, it's a subject very near and dear to my heart, and it uh, came as a result of me working with a lot of practitioners. And also, in as I was starting into this world, I was looking at all the teachers that I had. And, and I was in my late 40s. So I came to this game kind of late. And as I was looking at this and, and sitting with my teachers, I was looking at where they were at. And, and I had already made up my mind that, that the healing work was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And, I'm, and I am going to do. And I was looking at these people that were all 65, 70, not much past mid-70s, very few in their 80s. And I was looking at how bad their health was and how literally how physically and emotionally and mentally beat up they were. And it was because this old paradigm of healing and the old paradigm of healing or the old paradigm of the healer is people would come to them for healing work. They would remove the healing or the or the whatever that was that was afflicting that person. Right. Mm -hmm. And take it on and transmute it and take it on and transmute it. Your, your physical body and, and your energetic field cannot sustain that kind of work over a long period of time. And that's what I was seeing was people that were not very healthy. And, and I said, okay, if I'm going to do this work for the rest of my life, that means my career is going to be really short. I'm going to have to do this a different way. And then there were the other places where I was just happened this way, but healers were showing up. And I realized that my responsibility was keeping all of them healthy so they could do their work. That's, there's not enough of us out there and there are more people asking questions now. Mm -hmm. And so my job is to, to, so I came up with these protocols. I call them energy hygiene, but this understanding is that we're all affected by the energy around us and we are so affected by everybody else's energy, but no, but we're all like sponges and we're constantly soaking everything up. And so there's ways to strengthen your field just because You're in the world doesn't mean you have to feel everything that's around you. So so this is the basic precept, right? The difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy is I feel your pain. Empathy is I understand your pain. And every time you drop into I feel your pain, guess what? You Mm -hmm. are going to feel their pain. And so energy hygiene and, and, and this whole idea about energetic boundaries came about as this way of going, how can I be a more efficient or, or, I guess, an efficient practitioner? Because as a practitioner, I have to be able to help the people that come to me, but stay healthy myself. Right. And, and a lot of and a lot of practices are really bad at that. They are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my God, they don't take care of themselves.
0: Yeah. Or they feel so, it's their responsibility to take it on, as you were saying.
4: Yeah. And that is that is such an old paradigm. That is the old paradigm of healing. If you continue to do that, then you're not going to be effective.
1: I'd love to discuss a little bit about how you help people address chronic pain and illness.
4: All pain is a story. All pain is emotion. So if you find out what the emotional component of pain, of your pain is, there's a good chance that you can clear it. And, 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 We keep we get lost that the pain is just physical, but pain is emotional, and 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 again, I'm just going to say it: find out what the emotion is behind whatever that pain is, and you can pretty much solve the physical pain. That's the easiest and the best explanation I can give you.
0: So, can you suggest one way in which everyone can can connect with their kapuna? Because it's important, right?
4: It it is super important, and the way that people can. Connect with their kapuna before they even go to that place of starting to do that, they actually have to create quiet space in their life. And so, if you're not creating quiet space in your life, if you can't shut your mind down long enough, you're never going to hear them. They may be banging on the door, but the radio's playing so loud that you can't hear the door, Mm. right? I mean, that's the easiest way for me to explain it. So If you're, if you don't have a spiritual practice and you're not sitting and and creating quiet space for yourself, then the chances are you're not going to hear them. You're not going to hear them. Well said.
1: Can you tell us more about your mentoring program?
4: My mentoring program is really cool because what we're doing is we're talking about almost everything else that we talked about today. You know, part of what I talk about is the components of pain. I talk about multidimensional self-care. We talk about energy protocols and hygiene. But I think one of the biggest piece inside of the mentoring program is about communication. We not only have we forgotten how to to speak to people. And we've and we've seen that the last two years with COVID, we forget how to relate we also have forgotten how to listen. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a a Michael Franti song that says that everybody wants wants to tell everybody, their neighbors what to do, but nobody wants to listen to what they have to say. And so there's no place inside for relationship Mm -hmm. in that way. So the mentoring program is that, but it's also about looking at the places where there's behavior patterns, how I incorporate them into my life. And then how do I turn around and help the people around? And, and so it's a combination of the two. It's a combination of learning the skills and the tools and having the processes. But it's also about the deep in, per, inter, per, inter, the deep personal work that, that you do along the way. So, okay. But now, how, uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: Is I'm that sorry. online?
4: It is. You can find that online, but the, the easiest way is I say to say people is let's have a conversation. Because in that conversation, we're going to find out about where it is. And 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 for me, in my in the mentoring program, there's three things that I look at. I look at what are your goals, and how do we create accountability, and and how do we create consistency. And without those three, then nothing you do is going to stick because because you're, we're always going to fall back into our patterns. <laughs> and so, those those three basic pieces.
0: Definitely. So how can our listeners learn more about the work that you're doing or book a session?
4: The easiest way to do that would be to go to James, James Kauai Nui. I mean, it, I made it really easy for people. So www.jameskauai.com and, and, and there's a place there so that you can book. I also have, um, if you haven't found out, I love to talk to people and I, and I offer free 30 minute, um, I call them ancient wisdom consultations or agent wisdom discovery calls. And in that we will look at one of the, you know, one big piece of where you are. And, and even if we don't end up working together, hopefully I'll give you something that you can walk away with that you can start working with that day.
0: Awesome. No, that's great. Well, thanks again for being here today.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much.
4: My my pleasure and my honor. Anytime I get to share information with people and, create that little bit of change i'm um, i'm doing my work <laughs>
0: <laughs> lovely all right well and thanks again to eric our talented producer kknw timber country 94.7 fm and cape town zone radio 88.5 fm as well as you the listener
1: don't forget to subscribe and like our podcast go beyond the veil anywhere you can find podcasts
0: you can find me at sakura setter.com you
1: can find me at royreichcom. Tune in every second Wednesday of each month here on KKNW at 2 p.m., every second Sunday on KBKW, and on Zone Radio for more Go Beyond the Veil, where we We make make spiritual
0: sense. sense.